Welcome back to The Siding Lamp, where we give you an insight into the world of motorcycle racing. On this week's episode, we are back for round four of the MotoGP Championship, where we headed to Jerez. We are so excited to be back, and what a weekend of racing it was. Jerez never fails. It is such an amazing circuit. There's always such intense battles on track, and like I said, this weekend was incredible. This week I have Carly and Harvey joining me on the podcast and we are going to jump in to the sprint race, the first race of the weekend on Saturday. And wow, I mean, jumping in with the podium, we had Brad Binder winning his second sprint race of the season. Then we had Peko Bangaya and Jack Miller in third place. Thoughts and opinions on the sprint race, folks? I mean, Binder, we all knew he was going to be a bit of a sprint race specialist. I mean, he's yeah. a I mean, you know, we saw him in Argentina. He made his way up the pack and we knew for the rest of the season, this is where he's going to make up the points. And I think that should he be more, should he be more consistent than this? I feel like he can help mount a championship charge. Yeah. I think that, you know, the sprint race, the, the sprint race will matter for points. And I think this is where this is where Brad Binder's really going to shine. This is what we what we know and love about him. So I think that, I mean, he's just he's just good, isn't he? Yeah, he's so exciting to watch, and especially in the sprint races. I, I like you said, it's his forte. It's his I, I mean, it's, it's it's riders like him that have made I think the sprint races so exciting so far. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's these aggressive charging through the pack moves. I mean, he started from fourteenth in Argentina. Yeah. Um. Yeah, obviously he was a lot further up the grid this time around. He was fourth, I think. Which, yeah. you know, we were talking the whole of last year that Brad Binder would be, you know, winning half the Grand Prix if he qualified half decent. And he has. Well, he's won he half has. the Grand races, so... Exactly, and it's it's, it's worked into his favour. So I think that, yeah, this is... I, th- I think we're really going to see Brad come into his own and, and, and what a weekend it was for him. Yeah, I, I did not expect KTM to be so so dominant this weekend i mean we'll get on to more of their dominance a little bit later but on the saturday miller as well and we know miller is a fantastic rider obviously he was the bloody factory ducati rider last year like you can't you can never write miller off but he's had a rocky a a rocky career in moto gp and he he is becoming one of my favorites in the class in terms of just like style and how he conducts himself and He's so exciting to watch. And the fact now that he's been on the podium with so many different manufacturers, three different manufacturers, not many people can say that they've done that. So he's pretty incredible and, and pretty talented. I think I'm enjoying watching these KTM boys, especially this season, because, you know, these are two these are two lads that are going to want to push up their way and, and show they can do something. Jack was, he was playing the team role last year. Yeah. And, you know, I think making that jump was probably best for him now that he can, you know, show himself as an individual and now he's fighting Brad, you know, an, an, another hungry individual. And I think we're going to see these two absolutely push each other to limit. And I think it might even help him more. Uh, yeah. I think it was shown this weekend that definitely factory KTM have made a huge step this year compared yeah. to last year. Like when it was announced that Miller was going to KTM, a lot of people doubted the move really. And yeah. like, well why is he making that it's gonna be like a bad move like he's not gonna get any podiums really because I mean KTM weren't really getting podiums they were qualifying badly they were finishing averagely and it wasn't looking great but this season 
they seem to have found something or developed the bike a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, it's really great to see more manufacturers being up in the top fighting for the podium. Yeah, it wasn't a Ducati Cup this weekend. I can't believe it. It was great. But, I I mean, I say that Pekka Bangai was still on the sprint race podium. And, I mean, he did good. And there must have been a lot of pressure on him this week because of his last two main races being so bad, I suppose. There's no other way to describe it. But, I mean, solid from solid from Pekka. You can't really deny it. When he's there, he's there. He's pretty hard to beat. Yeah, I think he, he's had a bit of an inconsistent start to the year. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he he's won he's won a sprint race and uh he's won a sprint race and he won the first Grand Prix as well. Yeah. You know, and 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 then to crash out of 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 the last two Grand Prix was I want to say uncharacteristic. Obviously, it was probably very characteristic with last year. Last year. <laughs> you know, he 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 wants to be more consistent himself and and I mean, you know, it was kind of a not the start he was looking for, but he's going to get back on that horse. He is going to, and and this is a circuit which brought him a win last year, kind of re- uh, kind of ignited his season last year. So, yeah. is he looking for the same thing? You know, I, I I know that he was still second in the championship um, behind Marco coming into yeah. this race, yeah. but is 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 was was this the point where he had to think to himself, you know? We have to state ourselves early. We don't want another. We don't want another situation like last year where we let one rider lead the championship. I mean, it was a fantastic comeback, but don't get me wrong. You don't want to be in that position because what's the odds you're going to do it again? Yeah, doing it once was pretty incredible. Doing it twice, I think, is pretty impossible. But yeah, the podium was a great podium. Pretty, pretty feel good. But we do have to mention that at the start of the race. We had a massive crash involving Franco Morbidelli, Marco Bezzecchi, and Alex Marquez. Bit crazy. I'm glad that they red flagged the race, as they should have. There was riders down, bikes everywhere. Augusto Fernandez actually got caught up in it. He sort of did a bit of a sympathy crash. He wasn't actually involved in the main crash, but riders did have to move out of the way for him because he had crashed just ever so slightly afterwards. And it was all just a bit of a mess. It's good to see that the safety procedures in that sense were taken seriously and red flag was the right decision. All riders were able to restart the race, which confused me because I thought the rules were that you had to bring your bike back to the pits. Turns out that's not the case. I think I, I th- it was it was weird in the case that we got, well, spoiler alert, two, two full race restarts. I yeah. Mean, these, were, these were both red flags that happened... In, in in the first well the first few corners first two corners uh, yeah yeah exactly so i th- i think in this case where you know you can you can afford to restart the race from basically point zero um but i feel like that was a rule that wasn't really it wasn't very clear yeah and, I, I was confused well you know um, i think everyone was just confused. well commentary was also well, confused because they were like none well, of these guys are going to be able to restart the race and then all of a sudden they're they're standing on the grid yeah, I mean, for, for for UK viewers on BT Sport commentary, I don't think they had a clue either. They... No, Gavin Emmett was very confused. Because <laughs> it I came think... up on the screen as well, saying, like, yeah. the riders have to return with their own bike, like, by their own means. But then they didn't. And then uh, it was very yeah. confusing. I think, I can't, I can't remember which one, but it looked completely mangled. And, and there he was. He went out for, for the restart. 
Well, Marco Bezzecchi looks like he, well, he looked hurt initially when he, he was lying on I mean, the gravel. He, he, he had, what, he had about five minutes to change his leathers yeah. before going out again. It, it was crazy. They literally got back to the pits. I watched them, like, tear him out of his leathers and put a new set on. He looked hurt. He looked, I don't know, I don't know how these riders do it, but yeah, they were all allowed to, to restart. They must get some sort of quick medical check or... I hope mm. they got some sort of yeah. once over. Um, but yeah, a bit crazy. I think the craziest part of that is the fact that Franco Morbidelli actually received a long lap penalty for the main race for irresponsible riding, which I think is just a bit wild. And I don't want to really tear into the MotoGP stewards, but you will sort of hear it a bit later on. We will get on to it. But this was the start of inconsistent penalties this weekend. And yeah. I'm not really sure why this sprint race first lap incident warrants a long lap penalty, but some of the other first lap incidents that we've seen this year haven't warned long lap penalties. I'm not going to go into each individual little one, but you'll know yourselves if you've if you've watched the races. It, it's it's a bit weird that well, yeah, so I mean, and, and and we 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 talk a lot about you know first first lap incidents or you know first corner incidents. You can't really, you can't really put the blame on anything. They're so tightly packed together. They're going to be aggressive off the start because you've got half the distance to try and get up to the front. So of course, Ryder's going to be aggressive, and it's just racing. At the end of the day, unless something is obviously blatant, yeah, it's it's, it's always just going to be racing. So I think it's it was a bit of a it was a bit of a weird one. I mean it. It was a rider pileup. I mean, it was kind of a domino thing, really. Um, but it was definitely a strange one, to say the least. Moving on. Sprint race. Fantastic. I did enjoy it, uh, I have to say. I still am flip-flopping. I say this every week on the podcast now that I haven't made my mind up yet. And yeah, four races in, I'm still not too sure. But I did enjoy the Harath sprint race. Yeah. I think they're a good addition, but for every race on the calendar to have a sprint race, I think maybe it's slightly too much for the riders because, I mean, we've already got had so many injuries already and the amount of points they're missing out on, if there was like maybe even just like they did it half the races on the calendar, that's still like 10 sprint races. Yeah. I think that'd be really good. I I, th- I think you know I think it just feels strange at this point when when you've been watching the sport for a while and and suddenly there's a, a massive mix up. MotoGP for its whole career has been a, a a one race per weekend series. It's not been the same as a domestic superbikes or world superbikes um series. Yeah, yeah, this is purely one race, and we've been looking forward to this one race, and now suddenly there's a massive change and i think i think it still feels weird especially because we're still in the infancy stage there's only been four yeah but i don't know i think i i think now it's just getting used to it i think all of them i think have been enjoyable so yeah. far i i i don't have any words to say against the racing but i think it, we're still in the infancy stage where we just don't really know what to do with them well yeah the racing's been great but the um I think of the right word for it but sustainability 
rider yeah. sustainability, team but, sustainability. That's what's I, worrying me at this stage for races would, and looking at the crashes I, I would, and injuries. I would love to see how Dorna kind of review it, maybe at the midpoint. Well, now yeah. that we've got a longer summer break, maybe yeah. they can look at them, you know, look at themselves and and think, you know, is this working so far? Um, and then make plans for next year. Yeah, definitely. Right, I think it's definitely shown though that it was a good thing because the amount of crowd brought in at Hareth yeah, on the, the Saturday. Was it was Hareth, insane. Hareth is usually a, a fairly busy place, but it looked packed to the rafters this year. Well, apparently Sunday attendance was 80,000. And again, Gavin Emma and Neil Hodgson were saying that there was quite a lot more people there than maybe the attendance figures were letting on. So that's good. Let's move on to Moodoo 3 on Sunday, first race of the day. The conditions were slightly cooler than they had been, but pretty perfect conditions in saying that. Have to let you know that we did not have um David Munoz. He was ruled out of this race because he suffered a big crash on Saturday and was declared unfit, basically. He did have a long lap penalty to take in this race um, because of an incident that happened the week before in America. And as far as I'm aware, he will have to serve that in the next race that he participates in. But we're all in a bit of a grey area and who gets to take what penalty when, when when riders start missing out races. So we will cross that bridge when we get to it, I suppose. We hope that Munoz is okay. Obviously, that is the big main part of it and we hope to see him back as soon as possible but yes I thought we would throw that we want in there also Joel Kelso was back which was good to see um he had a massive crash at the start of the season obviously um with Danny Holgado actually after the race um because Kelso literally ran into the back of Danny Holgado and broke his ankle but he is back good to see he had a pretty decent race so that's good but yeah let's jump into the Moodoo 3 race I mean, Moodoo 3 is, I'm going to say, it, by far the most exciting race of the weekend. Uh, it was kind of just Moto 3 tradition, if I'm really honest. I, Moodoo 3 is my favourite class. I'm not even ashamed to say it. Like, I look forward the most to a Moodoo 3 race on the weekend. I think to anyone that hasn't watched a Moto 3 race before, I think don't expect anything. Okay. Whatever, whatever, whatever you, you, whatever you think you might get, you definitely won't. Yeah, don't have any expectations going in. Yeah, I think that's, that's maybe what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought I wanted it perfectly right, but I don't know. Just don't expect anything. Was just a bit random. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. I mean, makes sense. Uh, but yeah, Dennis Onchu pole position looked strong. Had a bit of a weird race. Yeah. I was really hoping for that first win. I thought this was going to be the weekend for <laughs> all position, convert it to a win. It's eluding him. Like, it's, you know, it's staring him at the face at this point. It must well, be up at night. at least he didn't crash because that was the other Option. thought that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I did think that he was going to go, because he obviously went, dropped backwards. He did finish uh ninth ninth in the end yeah well, but I thought he was going penalty to take which he didn't take uh, oh yeah and then he so that's got why three seconds he added was on ninth. yeah so yeah he was he was he 
crossed the line in eighth, but obviously then got dropped back to ninth. But I thought he would go backwards and then try to push too hard, like we've seen him done, we've seen him do previously, and then like crash or something. But he stayed calm, I guess. Yeah, this race, but it was a shame. Yeah, it really was. I feel like a bit of a broken record now every week with Dennis Onchu. And I know we're four races into the season, so like I can't say too much, but it is becoming a reoccurring theme. He either starts at the front and drops back, he either starts at the back, which is what happened in the first race in Portugal and had to spend his whole race working the way up, or he's out in front and he crashes. It's just... A bit Maybe random. he needs to qualify midfield and work his way through. Yeah, that seems to be, well, that seemed to be his best result of the season so far. So yeah, maybe that is what needs to happen. I don't know. It's just a bit, I don't want to say disappointing because I'm not disappointed, but if it keeps going that way, I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed in his performance this season. But fingers crossed it doesn't go that way because I don't want to put the scud on it and I think he will be a championship hopeful if he gets a bit of consistency and gets that race win it's so important to win races in Moto3 so not good not good what we did have though was a great start from Danny Holgado and Ivan Ortola where the hell has Ivan Ortola come from like this season I did not expect anything from him. If you'd asked me at the start of the season, what do you expect from Ivan Ortola? I honestly wouldn't have anything to say to you. But he's just pulled it out of the bag for two weeks in a row. He's got the winning feeling, hasn't he? He does. And I don't want to... I suppose it is a spoiler. No, he wins the race. He won the race. Oh. Like, <laughs> I didn't know where I was going with that one. But I mean, yeah. The Coda race was special. If you want to hear us talk about that, obviously listen to last week's episode. But this week, I thought qualifying second, okay. Might drop back a bit in the race. There's maybe some stronger riders around him. No, he he was the strongest rider. He planned it to perfection. A little bit of luck and boom, wins the race. Just like that. He made it look easy. You've already said it. Like, where did he come from? No one yeah. had him, like down to be a championship contender I don't think yeah. yeah I suppose him well Danny Hogado was one of my championship hopefuls and he obviously now leads the championship in Moto3 he was a bit of a a bit of a loser this weekend I think he qualified not great was up at the front and basically it was his race to lose at that point he led most of the race he was battling with Jamie Messia and about eight other riders at one point and seemed to mess it all up at the end. I did see on his Instagram though that apparently he felt a bit of pain in his forearms. Doesn't sound good if arm pump is maybe involved. Yeah, that's probably he might have a operation soon then because like yeah. we've got quite and uh, we have we got like two weeks to Le Mans. Two weeks to Le Mans and then we've Two got weeks. three weeks to Mugello. So there is an opportunity there if it is arm pump. Then obviously we've got a longer summer break now, and which we will get on to. But yeah, a bit bit concerning if that was the case for Hogado. But I mean, he had a great start to the race. And yeah, unfortunate in the end because he did look really, really strong. I'm going to get back to the podium though. So obviously we had Ortola. But then I'm going to go to second place man 
David Alonso, rookie, Colombian, first Colombian on the on the podium on the world stage. Pretty impressive stuff. This is the performance that I've sort of been waiting for. Dare I, mean, I say, expecting. Well, I came from seventeenth today, which is an immense effort. Did he actually? Yeah. He qualified so badly. What? And I thought, oh my uh, God, I, I did not know he that. made I up he like in the first well, you know, I, 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 fifteen I, I, places. Well, the, you know, I, the rumblings about him were, you know, they, they, I, I think that with with how much the 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 chatter was going on about him, you know, last year coming up into Moto Three, yeah. he needed a performance like this almost as soon as possible if he wants to 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 kind of true uh, verify those those comments. Yeah. And my God, he's done it in style. Fourth race, 15 places, his first podium. Autola and Alonso definitely timed it to perfection, though, because obviously there was kind of a leading pack and then the chasing pack and the leading pack kind of merged together. Yeah. And then there was about like eight or nine riders in the pack. And I think Messia was leading at one point and he kind yeah. of, he looked so strong. Because obviously we know that Honda is fast and then he wasn't in the lead anymore and yeah it was just crazy from there on I mean Messia did still finish third which is great second podium in a row I'm not surprised in saying that but he's really put his stamp on the championship good start he had a couple rocky races race one and two race three and four though have been good podiums what we like to see he's back up there did lose out a bit because obviously he was leading the race at one point but it all sort of came down to where you were in that final lap and I think luck was a big part of it some people had calculated it better than others and yeah Messia is looking hopeful I don't want to say too much because Messia has looked hopeful before and it's all sort of gone down the drain he's moved from he's moved from ktm where i think he had mixed successes yeah back to the leopard team where you know he felt comfortable and yeah. you know he's he's integrated himself back into there the honda package this year is 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 very very good a lot so, better than last year anyway yeah so i see no reason why he can't grab this championship yeah but i think that you know you know this is very different to his last few seasons. I think, you know, give him the first few races to to get back up to speed and I reckon he'll be as fast as anything. Yeah, definitely. The rest of the year. I, I hope so anyway. I've got my fingers crossed for him. A few other things then that we need to mention in this race is David Salvador had a crash. Asman actually had a penalty where he had to start from the back of the grid and take along that penalty because he was on the racing line in qualifying, was it? I'm nearly sure. But anyway, he's being dangerous anyway, and fair enough penalty. We had heartbreak for Yamanaka on the other Aspar bike. He was looking really strong at the start of the race. I think he was going to be on the podium. I'm going to put it out there. Obviously, none of us know because he crashed out, but or he had a bike problem, sorry, not crashed out, and he looked really strong. I felt so bad for him when he went back to the garage. He looked like he was in tears. 
felt yeah. so so bad i remember the like the, obviously the they were showing like a slow-mo of i think someone else's crash yeah and then the camera went back and it was just on yamanaka riding around by himself and he looked so upset and it was it was like oh we missed we missed whatever had happened and yeah he looked so strong he was just overtaking everyone left right and center yeah and i'm really sad that we didn't get to see what would have come if he was in the battle at the yeah. end as well yeah definitely i was actually coming into this weekend sort of i've been thinking about this for all week actually that we haven't seen too much from either of the aspar aspar boys this year and obviously they won the championship last year with Isaac Navarre and they obviously had Sergio Garcia in the team as well they've been up there consistently for years Aspar is one of the bikes that you want to be on and they haven't had that much of a strong start to the season and literally as I think about saying this in the podcast they go ahead and put a performance in like that like Yamanaka's bike problems that's just bad luck but for David Alonso then to be on the podium you know they had an opportunity there for both bikes to be on the podium and that's a really, really strong weekend and hopefully Yamanaka can bounce back from that and start strong on Le Mans too. Yeah, I mean, it was supposed to be there day in the sun really, but you, you you can't really excuse the bad luck. I mean, gear problems happen. Yeah. It's no one's fault. And, you know, it was supposed to be, I thought it was supposed to be and it wasn't. Yeah. I was, I, I was going to bring another name, especially Fanati. Yeah. Started fourth, finished eleventh. He's probably the most seasoned guy in the class. He is. Well, him and Mino, who's a yeah, replacing. Mino, well, Mino's a, a a replacement for yeah. the file, but you know, Finati, you know, obviously unfortunate situation last year where he, you know, he lost his seat, came back to Moto three, and, you know, should should he be at the front? Yes. Someone who's for someone who's been in the class so long, you know, inconsistently, but for someone who's been in the class so long, sh- should he be at the front or, or 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 can we excuse it with 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 you know the move to Moto Two, losing his ride and stuff like that? You know, it's not like he's been in there for for straight. He's but he but he has been there for so many years. But he's just being shown up by 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 younger guys and you know more and youthful talents is this you know uh, I'm, I'm not i'm not trying to compare it to, to to someone like you know john mcphee was in the class for so many years and just couldn't get out of it but john mcphee never battled for a championship in in the mood of three he, which he i think did, is the but... big difference finale battle for championships made the move up due to his talent obviously had the incident where he pulled someone's brakes in mood two respectfully lost the seat as he bloody should worked his way back up to wherever it is he needed to be was back in Moodle 3 got the move back up to Moodle 2 again through talent and you know he's consistent he was up at the front of many years at the Moodle 3 championship lost the seat in Moodle 2 he didn't deserve to lose the seat in Moodle 2 I will stand by that but I expected him to come in this season he's on the sniper's bike and I thought here we are you know, championship fight will be on, and it's not. Yeah, yeah. I think that you know, is is this a confidence thing, or is this he just hasn't got the, you know, what hasn't I mean, got it anymore? Oh, it could yeah, be a massive thing. Yeah. Is it is it is it a confidence problem, or is it a, so or is it something else? Yeah, it's weird. 
But yeah, I think that's everything you need to know about the Moto 3. It was still, I think, the most exciting race of the day. So make sure you go and watch it if you haven't. Let's hop on to our riders of the day. I'm going to start this one off with, it has to be, David Alonso. Even better because I came into this not realizing he started in 17th. I was just giving it to him because of the fact that he got on the podium. But that definitely adds to it. Amazing race. A rookie at that. Fourth race in the class. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. No other words to say about it. Just pure class. I think I'm, I'm going to have to give it to Otola. He surprised us this year. He's yeah. come out and he's kind of a dark horse, really. I mean, I don't, I don't think a lot of us had, in the nicest way possible, a lot of expectations for him. Um, we didn't, he wasn't on our lips when we were talking about championship contenders or, or, or ones to watch. And he's come and he's put his name on our lips. He 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 he's got us all talking, and for that, you know, he's won the last two races, and I think that's going to be so important. You know, is is he going to surprise everyone and win a title, or is this just a a, a small period? We don't know, but for right now, I know one thing, and that's just he is bloody class. And that's exciting, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Carly, who's your pick for the weekend? Um, I picked someone who we haven't actually talked about. I picked Rueda. He obviously finished oh. in fifth. I think it was just a really solid ride from him. Obviously qualifying 10th, made up five positions. Just a solid ride from the rookie. He looked strong. There was a lot of good overtakes. But yeah, I, uh, I'm i a big fan of that choice. I think he'll be on the podium soon. But don't want to say too much. Anyway, let's move on then to Moto2. Have to start it. I have to start it with Sam Lewis. There's no one else I can mention. Pole position, converted it to a win. Put him in the MotoGP Hall of Legends, folks. What a bloody ride. Like, where the hell did that come from? I am so impressed. Incredible. Stunning. Hang it in the Louvre. All of it. Unbelievable. I'm such a big Um... Sam Lewis fan. I mean, that pole position lap, it was half a second faster than um, Acosta in second. I just don't know how how that happened. I was watching it thinking, no, there's no way. <laughs> and it, it just happened. And I was like, he's starting from pole by half a second. Like, it was just crazy. It, I think if you if you told someone this from this from end of last year, they wouldn't really believe yeah. you. I mean, last year was it, it was such a rough year for him. He looked so dejected. It was injuries on top of injuries, and you know, while he's he's kind of in this, he, while he's kind of basically stuck in Moto Two now, and realistically, there's not really much way going up into MotoGP anymore. Oh my god, he's gonna make a meal of Moto Two anyway, and he will. If this is the Sam Lewis that we're gonna get this year, and if he can pull performances like this, already again this year, championship contender. And Sam Lewis is a champion championship contender. He's been one before. He's battled for the Moto G Moto Two championship more than anyone else in this class at the minute. So he's got that experience over the likes of Pedro Acosta, Tony Arbolino, the names that we keep bringing up every week, week on week, that are putting out stunning performances. But Sam Lewis has just done that. And he beat Pedro Acosta by two seconds 
in the race. Well, I think as well, it's a it's a, it's a confidence game. I mean, he was he last year just dejected. You know, he came back he came back from his injury early, got re injured again. Yeah. You know, how 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 low must you feel at that point? And to come to a weekend and be so dominant, how is that going to flip things? It's mad. And the confidence you're going to get from that moving forward as well. Like, if we can, if we, if he can keep putting in performances Lauren, like Lauren, that. Lauren's actually on the bike as well. I actually rode the bike today, guys. It was me. I finished in, in second place. Um, but yeah, I've not, like, it's actually stunned me to be honest, but I don't know why I'm surprised because Sam, like Sam Lewis can do performances like this. This isn't a one-off performance. He's just been so unlucky in the last couple of years with injury that like, I feel bad for him. And in 2020, he had an opportunity to win the championship. Injury plagued him then. You know, he had a crash at the end of the season and Ea Bashanini was able to run away with it. And yeah, Sam Lewis gets bad luck at the worst times possible. Like, I feel so bad for him, but this weekend was great. When you've seen his wife and his daughter congratulating him after the race, and, like, everyone just looked so chuffed, and Jack Miller was on the bloody pit wall as well, cheering him on across the line. Like, he's a well-liked person in the paddock, and I think when you get feel-good wins like this, like, you can't help but smile about it. It does make you feel good. It's a feel-good moment, definitely. And speaking of Pedro Costa, of course, he finished in second place. He said it himself after the race. Don't know what Sam Lewis ate for breakfast. Couldn't keep up, keep up with him. The pace was fire. And he did sort of have to settle for second place. But at the same time, you think of the points that you're getting in second place. It's good thinking while you're on the bike not to push too hard and try and get that win when it's not on. He, he did the right thing. It was calculated and it was smart and very mature from Pedro Acosta. He finished, what, like five seconds ahead of third place man. Sam Lewis finished two seconds ahead of him. Like, they were both on fire this weekend. Both performances for first and second place were incredible. No one could touch them. And I think Pedro deserves just as much recognition as, as Sam Lewis this weekend because... Again, his his second place qualifying lap was great. Then to get second place in the race, like if Sam Lewis had made a mistake, Pedro Acosta was checking out, you know. And I do think that he sort of that needs to be mentioned. Yes, he finished second, but an impressive second at that. I mean, you know, I think after the first two races, you kind of think to yourself, who's going to keep up with Pedro? And anyone that does will be in a league of their own. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Pedro has set the bar this year as to as to where riders need to be in terms of being a ch- in the championship challenge. Yeah, and today Sam rose to the challenge, but I think that almost complements Pedro enough. Yeah, you know, to, for 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 someone to beat him has to beat him that dominantly. I yeah. think says a lot about the character characteristic of Pedro. And yes, it's a second place; it's not a win, but. How how good was he still today? Yeah, I mean, exactly. you know, he's 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 riding in a league. He's riding in a league of his own, and I think that, you know, just being up there, you don't need to win every race to be to be the champion. 
Yeah. You know, if we can see him become a smart rider and 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 you know, he's still, you know, he's still young, he's still learning, but if he learns if he learns if he if he can increase his riding intelligence, his his his, his riding knowledge, his riding style, I think that we have a, a generational talent. Oh, we do. We are 100% do. We, we do already, but I mean, we're, we're this is just the early stages, and we're seeing and we're still seeing him get better every single race. That's the thing. That is the thing. And so far, the only other person I think that has sort of stepped up to his level is Sam Lewis's teammate, Tony Arbolino. So it sort of does make sense that the two Mark VDS boys have obviously been talking to each other about Pedro. Tony was obviously over congratulating Sam multiple times. We've seen obviously straight after the race and then in Park Fermi itself. And that team pairing looks to be good. And if Sam is back on Sam Lowe's level, Tony Arbolino and Sam, I think, could work very well together to put up a defence to Pedro Acosta. Uh, well, did we, you know, did we not talk about earlier the same with, with, with Brad and Jack? Is this going to be a, a, a partnership that push each yeah. other? It's not going to be a. It's not going to be a rivalry. This is going to be two very, very competitive and hungry lads who are just going to push each other and make each other better. Yeah. They're almost going to. They're going to help each other in that. Complement each other. Yeah. Exactly. I think and, so. and both of them want the championship bad. Yeah. Exactly. You know, Tony's Tony's still young and 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 has and has the the career ahead of him. Sam has the experience and has been chasing it for a long time. And I think that both of them can complement each other and both of them could come out on top of Pedro. But Pedro has set the bar. Well, that's yeah. the one thing that Tony Arbolino has over Pedro Costa is a, a teammate that can be up there. Now, again, premature. Sam Lewis has only been up there for one race this season, so I'm not going to jump to conclusions. But if this is going to continue, Pedro is going to need his teammate Albert Arenas to make a step up to be at the front because teammates do help no matter the situation. So... Even when you're battling with each other, having your teammate there is better than having a rival a rival on a different bike. So that is something. But yeah, I'm going to move on to third place man though. Again, needs a, a pretty good mention here. Alonso Lopez. Consistency hasn't been a strong point so far this season yet, but... Things are looking good. He's put in a solid performance. I think all of the podium finishers this weekend were sort of in a league of their own in the race. Alonso was getting a wee bit shaky at the end and Tony Arbolino was in fourth and was catching him. But he was calculated again. Strong performance. This is good. And if he can keep racking up the podiums, you will enter the championship fight. There's no doubt about it. And... Alonso obviously came into this championship in a rocky way and now in his second full season, hopefully he can sort of mellow out and find his stride in the class. And performances like this will only help him do that. Uh, it's a consistency game. I mean, last yeah. year he was, last year in a small window, he was just incredible. Yeah. You know, think I think we were looking forward to that over a whole season. Um, haven't got that yet. Again, we're only four races in, but he once he finds his rhythm, you know what's stopping him from being the same as as as, as last year. Yeah, definitely. I would also just like to say that this is actually his first Moto Two race at 
Hurrah. Because he didn't yeah. race here last year. Yeah. So. Oh, race as well. Yeah. Home race. So that's good. I think it's, is it Pedro's home race too? I, don't, I actually, I'm not sure about that. I suppose really, any Spanish either, race is home race. Yeah, it's either Jerez or Barcelona, or I guess they just kind of class them as both, but I guess it's wherever wherever yeah. they lived, like closer. I don't know Spain geography very well, so I've probably just offended a lot of people. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. But yeah, back on to Tony Arbelino in fourth place. Need to mention, he started in 10th, and he was fourth after the, what, first or second corner in the race? How does this man do it? That is four races in a row now. He has qualified badly. He started the first three races of the season in eighth place. And he started this race in tenth place. And I don't know how he starts a motorbike. But whatever he is doing, he is doing it to perfection. And I actually wrote a note down about it. About how good the start of the race was. And... I don't know, he does obviously need to get the qualifying up on a Saturday, but if you can start a race like that, you don't really need to worry too much about where you're, where you're actually starting come Sunday. Moving on then to some other things that we need to speak about. Chelsea Novietti. Now, he started in seventh. Not terrible qualifying, but he had a massive crash in the race and I just struggle every week with Vietti consistency is bad he I don't know just what is he doing I can't believe that we thought he was going to be a championship contender he was a championship contender this time last year like he was dominating everyone and and you look to this year and he's crashing and you're going what the hell is going on inside your mind I wouldn't say it's a I wouldn't say it's a lack of consistency I know he's doing pretty consistently well (laughs) Um, but you know I you, you know you you say that um Again, this time last year, you know, um, I think he'd won three in seven he races. He was slapping everyone about oh, yeah, this time yeah. last year, and, and and you almost thought he was checking out. Yeah, he won in he won in Qatar, he won in Barcelona, he won another he won one. Portugal, Portugal. Yeah. There you go. You know, and 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 we thought at this point, and 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 uh, who at that point thought that he would drop out of the championship race so quickly after yeah. that, after the summer break? You know, in, in the tide seemed to turn and and. I can't remember how many crashes he had at the start of the at the end of the year, but I'm pretty sure it was nearly about eighty percent most of it. It is just ridiculous, like genuinely ridiculous. And I know we all joke about it and you know make memes about it, and it's all a bit of a laugh. But like genuinely, I want to know what is going on. But you know, I I think as well, you know, th- this season, end of a season is a fresh slate. You know, he could start off this year. It's a new, well, technically it's a new team. Um, it's it's a new beginning and he can he can start again like last year. He can go again like last year. And it just doesn't come for him. No. He start, he's he he starts he's picking up where he left off and this is exactly what we not wanted. Ayagura was back this weekend. He looked like the old Ayagura. He looked back at full fitness, he looked strong. He was making really good overtakes in the race. I thought maybe he could have eventually bridged that gap to Alonso Lopez. A podium, I think, was on the cards. But yeah, Tony Arbolino overtook him into turn one and Ayagura clipped the back of Tony's bike. Pure racing incident. 
funny how some things are racing incidents and some aren't. But racing incident, Iagara clicked clipped him and he went down. Not good. I think this is one of those races where I don't want to say he should have settled, but what he should have done is let Tony pass him, calm down a bit, reset, and try again. Get back to fourth place. Because he looked stronger than Tony Arbolino. He did. And I think a solid fourth was on the cards with possible chance of podium. Any mistake that Lopez made, he would have been all over him. And I just hate that the start of the season has gone so bad for him, obviously with an injury, preventing him from racing, and now a crash in his first proper race back. I really hope this isn't how the rest of his season is going to go. I, th- I, I, I think that I, he had to come in and start and just start lightning quick you know he he was part of that you know last race battle um for the championship didn't work out his way he's you know his competitor's gone so he really should be at the face of it and i know that we talked about you know at the start of the season moto 2 was probably set up to be one of the most exciting championship battles yeah. this year you know how many how how many riders have we talked about that were you know potential championship winners? I mean, Acosta was obviously always going to be up there. Alonso Lopez in a full season. Tony Arbolino. Um, we talked about Jake Dixon once he got that first win. We knew he'd be you know we we knew he could be consistent. Um, and I think that Ayagura was on you know was on everyone's lips because he was so far up there, and unfortunately lost it, but. You can't excuse the the first two races. He was injured. What can you do? You know, when's he going to get this this season kickstarted? This was his first real race back, and it didn't go to it didn't go to plan. No, you know, he's already now lost out on a complete haul of points. Has he has he chucked himself out already? Other things that we need to mention quickly, and I'm just going to rush over them, is that Sean Dilly. Sean Dylan Kelly crashed and Firmino Aldeguer had to take a long lap penalty for exceeding track limits but still managed to finish in 10th place and he actually had a really really solid ride I also want to mention Sergio Garcia who started 18th and finished 11th seems to pre that Sergio Garcia is a Sunday man in Moto2 and again if he gets his qualifying sorted top 10 finishes are on the horizon for Sergio Garcia not the rookie that I thought was going to step up this year, but pretty pretty welcomed, so we'll see how that goes. Let's jump into it quickly, though, and move on to our Riders of the Day. I'm going to go straight ahead again, sorry everyone, and go with Sam Lowe's. I just can't get over it. Stunning performance. It's his first race win since Mizano in 2021. I actually watched him win that race in the grandstands. It was pretty spectacular. Similar fashion, you know, he, he checked out and so well-deserved, fantastic. I really want to see him build a championship this year. And yeah, we all love Sam Lowe's and, and it's good to see him back up there feeling confident and, and looking happy, you know. That's what we want to see. As I said earlier, it's a feel-good moment and they're the things that make you love this sport. Um, I have got uh, Tony Arbolino. Um, I obviously want to take Sam Lowe's. I think that... <laughs> I got in there first. Yeah, Everyone yeah, did. Um, no, I took Tony. I, I I think that he came from tenth, got really aggressive, and he was pushing up at the front of that pack for third. 
came off in fourth um, and overall a very, very good ride. He's keeping himself at the front of that championship. Yeah. And I picked Chantra. He qualified 11th and finished 7th. I know it might not seem like that good, but obviously, as we already said, top three were completely gone and he just kind of worked his way through the pack. That was really good. Yeah, he was. was really strong. Yeah, I would agree with that one, Carter. It's just good pick. <laughs> A little bit too late for fourth or fifth, I think. Oh, yeah. Or sixth. Here it is, folks. The main race, MotoGP, Sunday race, main race. Really good race. And we did sort of get to it earlier. There was another red flag at the start of this race. We actually had four full proper race starts this weekend. And I hate to break it to Alicia Spagro, but he lost out big time on every single one of those. He started in pole position and by the start or by the first corner, he was what, third, fourth, possibly fifth every single time. Yeah, yeah, in four all chances, four race starts. If, if four chances to take the whole, whole shot and didn't take any single one of them. No. No. It, I felt bad for him. Bad Moto GP memes had a really, really funny meme about that the fact that he had four opportunities to not have to deal with the KTMs and every single time they just swallowed him up. I, I, I mean, I don't want to shy straight away from Aleish, but I think that just shows how, it kind of just characterises how good the KTMs were this week. And yeah. I, I can't believe we didn't talk about Pedrosa earlier. I know, I, I did want to speak about him. Um, I just, I didn't know what time to speak about him. <laughs> but but I, I mean, you know, you know, to, to, to come in as a wild card. You know his test rider, yeah. Mm-hmm. His, uh, you know test rider wild card. His last race, Austria twenty twenty one, didn't exactly go to plan. Um, but was that the he, last race that was? He did. He did that as well. He did, yeah, he did. Um, he had that crash with Savadori. Yeah, it um, be the re- last race that was red flagged. I'm probably pulling that statistic. I, I, that, that, that's that's the last red flag I remember. <laughs> Unless you count Indonesia 2022, but that never started. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, um, yeah. Pedroza has a bit of a stigma around him that anywhere he goes, uh, or any race that he starts, there's a red flag involved. I think that's yeah, the probably. statistic I'm trying to say. Any race that he starts, there's a red flag involved, but I'm not too sure about that one still. Uh, well, someone please fact anyway, check me on that. But, but... but, I mean, you know, to come in as a as a, as a wild card, everyone's excited. Oh, return of Danny Pedroza. Bang! Fastest in FP1. I love him. Like he, I actually love him. He was, I think, I think he was like either sixth or something in in FP two. Yeah, he was. He was at the top all weekend, and he, you know what? Yeah, top I'm, ten I'm, all weekend. Top I'm, ten I'm, all weekend. I'm, 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 I'm even disappointed that he didn't get more than than you know a seventh in the race, and I think he came sixth in the sprint. You know, I was thinking podium. To be honest. If he came, oh, if he I came... think a lot of people wanted him to get the podium, but I mean, he's thirty-seven. He's been out of the yeah. He's not going to risk it, going. is he? He's Since not going to risk it. If he gets a podium, handed to him, he's going to obviously take it. But is he going to fight with the best, some of the best motorcycle riders in the world when he's re- meant to be retired no, and he's only I... doing this as a test ride? I think this proves how good 
Danny Pedrosa is because you look at Definitely. any other test rider, they're at the back of the grid. Danny Pedrosa is one of the best motorcycle racers of all time, and this proves that he's been out of the class for what four or five years now, five, and he is in the top more. ten. He is beating twenty twenty one world champion. He's beating twenty twenty world champion. Easy. They are in the dust compared to Danny Pedrosa. He is one of the best MotoGP riders in history. But you know, to to come back, it's it, it's a reminder. I mean, how many how many times do we we talk about um, Rossi, Lorenzo, Stoner, um, Marquez? Yeah. And listen, I think that Pedrosa was obviously very lucky in his in in his career never to win a world championship, a MotoGP world championship. Yeah. But yeah. I think we almost then then forget because he was always the bridesmaid, never the bride. We always, always, we almost always forget how good he actually was. Yeah. And, you know, if he had come back, oh, it would have been a bit of a nice sentiment. But no, he was fast on the off. He was competing at the top. Yeah. Or, you know, five years out of the game, he hasn't raced in two years. He is that rider, though, when you think back to pretty much all of those riders that you just mentioned winning the world championships. He was that rider that was pushing them. Or one of the riders that was pushing those world champions to their best, to their limit, battling with them week in, week out. Him and Andretovic too, so I'd put them in the same boat, to be honest. But the two yeah. of them were just stunning. And, I mean, Davizioso couldn't even battle that much, you know, no, coming I, back into the class sort of thing. And I mean, I, you I, get Pedro's on a wildcard weekend and harass. And... I, I, I saw um I saw an Instagram account in the week post Pedro's um, career stats right he had one win the season in 2018 he's been you know he's been up at the forefront you know he's been at the at the forefront of MotoGP his whole career yeah you know it's it, it's not just a um, a one off it's not just a one off it's not just an abilities game he's legendary oh yeah it's a consistency game he's been there he's, he's been there his whole time and 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 how unlucky he has been I, I, I hate this is a whole retrospective thing we're not actually talking about the race <laughs> But I mean, him in the championship, he's got more points than a lot of people in this championship based on I, I, his I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd say we do a, a Repsol Honda 2011 and get like three riders in. Get, I did see bring him back. Um, to bring Danny back. Someone had, I think Danny's got 13 points now, and Repsol Honda as a team, like in the team championship, have got 12. So oh, Danny has more points than Repsol Honda. His his own employer doesn't quite make sense. I bet Repsol Honda are now kicking themselves that they did not hire Danny as their test rider, um, or got rid of him. Yeah. Uh, and KTM are thinking, yeah, look at us go. <laughs> it does need to be mentioned though that Danny Pedrosa was testing in Jerez two weeks ago on a KTM, which I think might be why he was so up to speed, but. When you look at the race pace that he had, goes to show that he still has it. Like mm. it wasn't just a Friday fluke that, you know, maybe he'd been on the track a bit more than the rest of the riders. He he was there to to race and he kept his powder dry. He didn't get involved in any crashes and he I mean, who would just have a have a crash at his age when he's he, he obviously just wants to be a test rider. He said in, in like, yeah, he interviews after the race, like, I loved the 
like he said that he loved riding, but he wouldn't come back for a full season. Like it's too much. I think that in a race where we we probably got caught up in a few of the dramatic things, I think it was quite it put a smile on our faces to see him yeah. back. Uh, the best thing that put a smile on my face this weekend is after the race when Jack Miller was uh holding him on his shoulder, uh parading him around like a prize. Um, that was probably my favorite part of the weekend. I was gonna say it's like a, it's like a dad with his child over his shoulders. He had him on it one was, shoulder. It was um when they were going around the track and they stopped at one of the corners yeah. um on the like truck <laughs> and it, it literally looked like a child. And their dad. Yeah. I mean, Danny Bridges is five foot two. To be fair, I could probably lift him on my shoulder. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, th- I think they said today he was like 48 kilos. 48? No way. That's like half me. Like a seven year old. What are you talking about? Maybe not seven, but. I was oh about to say, God. you can probably lift him as the trophy. Like. <laughs> they could have given him out as the trophy, to be honest. Yeah. This weekend. They might as well have. Anyway, far too much about Danny Pedrosa. We do love him, though. We do love him, and everyone loves to see him back. And yeah, he is a legend. Um, and yeah, we did need to bring him up. While I'm talking about people that we need to bring up, um, Anaya Bashanini did show up to Hareth this weekend. He did attempt to ride, and he decided before qualifying that he was going to finish his weekend there. He was in too much pain. And I think the right decision was made. He looked uncomfortable. He didn't look himself. And he says himself that he'd rather sit out to Le Mans and heal a bit more and get better before he returns to racing, which I think is the sensible sensible option. But just let people know that he was there and then pulled out halfway through the weekend. Someone else that we do need to mention that was here, um, Iker Lacuna, again, forgot to mention him. He did race in the sprint race on Saturday and he raced in the main race on Sunday. He was standing in for Mark Marquez, who is still injured at the minute and was declared unfit to ride. Iker Lacuna wa- wides, <laughs> rides for Honda in World Superbikes. was obviously in Aston last weekend and Honda invited him in to come and be their rider this weekend. They had Stefan Bradle testing um, a Honda, but they brought Iker in to ride. Well, I, I, think he had, I think he had a wild card anyway. They chose to keep the wild card and... Yeah. and- and replace Mark yeah. then. So yeah, yeah. Um, Stephen Bradle was going to be here anyway this weekend. So yeah. we might as well bring seen, bring them in. I think it was not to see Kabak. I think a lot of people thought it was unfair when he lost to see. Yeah, hundred percent. So it it was really really good to see him, and he did finish the race sixteenth. Yeah. yeah, not too bad. Anyway. Let's move on to the actual race. Like I said, Alicia Swagger got swallowed up four times this weekend. He did start in pole position. He was on the podium here last year. Aprilia's looked really good this weekend. And I don't know what happened on Sunday, but not good. Not good at all. Um, But yeah, moving on. Someone who has made a step up again this week, Peko Bangaya. If we're talking about Celestino Vietti and how much I'd love to see what's going on in his mind, Peko Bangaya is at the top of my list for, like, what is going on up there? Like, for someone who says they don't need a sports psychologist, I really, really do wonder. You, it, his season has been so up and down. He's managed to keep, well, take back the lead at the top of the championship by 22 points, I think it is, now after this weekend, and... 
it's really really interesting he obviously needed to take a step up after crashing out of the argentinian main race and the circuit of america's main race but i wasn't really expecting it this weekend considering he looked really off the pace on friday and saturday he had to go through q1 where did this come from Comes i don't know i i feel like peko is now just choosing like when and where he performs and when he doesn't like Fair enough. <laughs> you know, i feel like he just chooses oh, i'll just do it here i don't really care here and i'll just win the championship yeah yeah and, uh, at this point i mean you know he is he, he is so good he is one of if not the best riders in the championship and i think the most annoying thing about him is the consistency yeah if we saw this week in week out you know we'd be hailing him so much but you know why are we not hailing him so much for 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 how dominant he's becoming why are we not talking about him in the same way that we would have talked about marquez when he was when he was starting to 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 go up to his peak you know it's it's the consistency thing I think that's the that's just the one thing that's that's on the back of his mind. He's still crashing so much. He's still the mistakes and the cracks are there. Yeah, and and you know, to 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 win the championship last year with five DNFs is unheard well, of. And, and 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 to be honest, a pretty few crap other races. Yeah. I mean, you know, he. he just to think about last year, I mean, his first three races were, were a DNF, I think a fifth place and a tenth place. Yeah. Which, you know, I didn't set the tone for the year at all. <laughs> no. But, you know, I feel as if we're not giving him enough credit for how good he is, but I think there's the reason is he just needs that consistency. It's weird. Anytime I start to sort of hype Peko up, no, I hyped him up after Portimao, saying this is the sort of dominant performance you'd expect from a world champion and he's, he is going to run away with it. And I, I do still stand by that he's going to win the championship this year, but he didn't make it easy for himself in the second and the third race of the season. And they're the big points. They're the, the points that really do matter. And I do think the sprint races are going to add an element to the championship, obviously, that we haven't seen before. And it is going to come down to maybe more minor points, slightly further down the grid. Um, But yeah, anytime I sort of eat my words and go, he's got over it, he's matured, he's figured out what it is that's going wrong he goes ahead and does he crashes in a race and then he crashes in two race races and i start to question him and crash oh my god i literally can't speak english i start to question him again and boom dominant performance all weekend or in the races anyway the podium finished up though with the same three riders we had brad bender in second I'm really annoyed he didn't win the race. I'm not going to lie. I really think he deserved to win the race, but Peko just had it a bit more calculated than Brad Bender. And in third place, Jack Miller. I mean, KTM must be pretty happy this weekend. Definitely. I just hope they can continue this good form because yeah, it's not a we have seen it where KTM um, have had really strong performances and then next race that not really anywhere again but this season has looked like it could be something instead of like 
they have had, especially with Binder and, well, both of Binder and Miller have had strong performances, I would have said, in the other rounds. And yeah. they have been qualifying well. Yeah, it is looking up, uh, definitely looking up. Moving on to the bit that I want to talk about is the red flag during the first start of the race. We did sort of talk about it. So we get to the first corner and Fabio Quattararo doesn't have that great of a start. He gets sandwiched between Marco Bezzecchi and Miguel Oliveira. Read into it how you will. I think that Fabio was sort of forced into making a mistake. I'm not putting the blame on anyone. I think it was purely a racing incident, but he did get sandwiched. He had nowhere to go and he went down. When he went down, he took Miguel Oliveira out with him. Both riders got knocked pretty badly. As far as we're aware, Miguel Oliveira has dislocated his shoulder, but he is going for further checks and he has been declared unfit for the next round in Le Mans. Things might change between now and then. We will keep you up to date. But in my mind, a pure racing incident i didn't really see anyone at fault again it's my own personal viewpoint on this crash but yeah i i genuinely don't see what the issue was here fabio manages to get back to the pits he did look a bit shaken up initially he was lying on the ground after the crash um it was stated that he was fit to restart the race in the restart and he was allowed to restart the race and he puts his helmet on, he gets on his bike, he goes out for the quick race uh, restart procedure and they announce that Fabio Quattararo has a long lap penalty for irresponsible riding. I, 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 think, it's a, I, I think it's a similar conversation to one in the race where it's so early in the, well, it's the earliest point in the race possible you know, it literally was the first everyone's corner. Everyone's together. Everyone's going to be aggressive off the start. You can't, you can't heavily penalize start of the race incidents because everyone's close together. Everyone's going to be aggressive, and there's more likelihood for incidents. Yeah. And uh, how how much space did Fabio have realistically? There's not there's there's nothing really he could have done. He lost the front, collected Miguel up with him. It's it's not irresponsible riding whatsoever. Not compared to other incidents I've seen this year that have not received any um, well sanction. If you know, if 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 we wanna take if we wanna take it back, right, to, to last year, Barcelona, when Peko and Rins were taken out by Nakagami. Yeah. <laughs> that went unpenalised. It yeah. had, you know, it ruined Peko's race. It had injured Alex. Um, it obviously ruined Taka's race race as well. But it went unpenalised. Yeah. And 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 you know, this is this is a similar thing where we're talking, you know, going into a hard breaking zone on a turn one of lap one and and of course everyone's gonna be so so together everyone's gonna be so aggressive and i think in that at, at that point i think taka was was in the wrong place he he, he braked too late and collected two riders with him yeah 
And I think, you know, to penalise him in that, in, 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 in that sense would have been a fair thing. But to not penalise him and then penalise Fabio for for irresponsible riding when he didn't have he didn't have the space. There's not a lot of places he could have gone. He lost the front and collected another rider with him. He didn't clash into another rider. He had his own crash and collected another rider with him. You know, you, I don't think you can penalise it in the sense that he's he's ruined. You know, he has ruined another rider's race, but it's indirect. He ruined his own too because he crashed. Him. Yeah. Yeah. So um... I. I, I I struggle to find the consistency and I think, you know, right now we're talking about grey areas, but, you know, we talked about grey areas then. Is this a grey area or is this just, you know, they're seeing black and we're seeing white? I, I think sometimes in sport, you know, decisions are made based on reaction and and, and, and how an instant has and affected And split second at that. Yeah. And, and, you know, you don't take things into context. You just think... Um, I'm I'm trying to think of another of, a, of another example, but you know something has happened. It's come off really badly, and you just give it and you and you just give the punishment. Just to just to compare, I mean, for those who watch rugby, there's so many rules that go into a decision. That you know, you look at the context, you look at things, and yes, it may have come off as a you know with a bad result, but look at the context of the incident. Was there anything that could have been done, and are, are there anything? Uh, sorry, is there anything um, that happens that gives the the rider or the player or whatever context you want to use a kind of get out of free jail card, whether it was accidental, whether it was just unfortunate or whether it was intentional. So I think, you know, you can't just, yes, Miguel was injured, you know, he looked in a bad way, but, you know, you uh, you can't make decisions based purely off of reaction and result. You look at the fact that Frankie Morbidelli got a penalty the day before in the sprint race. To them, that's consistent. But the problem is, is that it doesn't line up with the hundreds of other races that we've had in the last couple of years. That, like you even mentioned, the situation with Takanakagami, it doesn't line up with how they've dealt with other situations. It lines up with how they've dealt with the situation this weekend with two first lap incidents. But first lap incidents haven't been penalised at all this season. And, and, the start and, of races. I'm struggling, I'm struggling to see where they want to be consistent. Do they want to be consistent on a certain weekend, or do they want to be consistent throughout? Because yeah. you don't you don't just write a rule book for for One a certain weekend. weekend. Yeah, I'm gonna cut us off so we don't talk too much about it. But it then happened in the race itself, where Peko Bagnaya made a move on Jack Miller that wasn't really on. They made a little bit of contact. Peko Bagnaya was asked to give the place back to Jack Miller. Jack Miller made a move on Jorge Martin only a handful of corners, maybe even laps later, which was more contact, a worse move than what Peko made on him, and there was no action taken whatsoever. And that just goes to show that the inconsistency is wild. When was the last time we seen someone get asked to drop a position back in MotoGP? We see it in Moto3, but... I couldn't tell you the last time we've seen it in MotoGP for something as minuscule as a bumping with another rider. You, you haven't ruined someone's race. You've just been racing hard. Peko put his hand up, apologised. Jack obviously threw his hand up. These guys are friends. You know, they've been teammates in, in years past. I find that the strangest of situations. 
we should be celebrating and we should be celebrating the racing on track that's what most sport is about it's about celebrating the technology of the of the, of the vehicles and it's about celebrating the racing on track and that's always how it should be and that's always how most gp has been if we're if we're talking about you know disciplinary drama or whatever you know it, it it does leave a sour taste in the mouth and i think that loris baz who is a very outspoken person he he has every right to be his tweets i i seen some of them um i watched the races a little bit later than everyone else but i seen some of his tweets after the race and he's just right loris baz is the is the person that has been penalized i'm nearly sure for giving the finger to other riders etc he's probably been penalized for nearly everything in the book yeah well he knows fine rightly he's been penalized before for plenty of things so he knows himself what's ridiculous and what isn't and you said it yourself that the fact that we have spent the majority of this MotoGP race review talking on penalties and the confusion around it it does speak for itself and it's a worrying it's a worrying thing for MotoGP like you said, you want to be celebrating the racing and how exciting it is. And thankfully, we've had that for the most part this season. This has been the worst decision made so far this season, I'm going to say, so far. But it does ruin it. It does. It ruins it from a, a fan perspective. It ruins it for riders. If we are going to get to the stage where you can't even make a move on a rider that's a little bit harsh what are we racing for the best racing that we watched back in the day with valentino rossi mark marquez all these legends that we spoke about earlier they rubbed when they were racing they hit each other they knocked each other off but yeah we could stay here for about four hours which it's been close to at this point i'd say of recording but a few other things that we need to mention and like motor 2 i'm just going to run through them really really quickly we had quite a big crash um for marco bezecchi we had a crash from johan zarko Rins also had a crash he rejoined the race but then had to retire and then maverick Vinales, he his chain broke at the end of the race pretty unlucky last lap not good aprilia had a pretty up and down weekend but yeah so much to digest so much to go through let's do rider of the day now i will say mine first uh danny pedrosa i mean what a legend he is a goat <laughs> i'm gonna go with mine quickly uh jack miller viva miller uh big shout out to dios miller because all the memes this weekend have been incredible but yeah jack miller really good three different manufacturers been on the podium with all three of them so impressive so so impressive the ktm championship charge is on i think that's pretty safe to say after this weekend i i i, I agree with that but i think i want to celebrate brad bender yeah i mean i think i just love him every time every i think i love him more every time he races he's he's ah oh, he just deserves it all he deserves another grand prix win he's gonna get it this season in the next few races He's just been on fire so far, and and he was unlucky not to win today. Yeah, definitely. But there we go, folks. That is it for round four of the MotoGP Championship. What an interesting weekend of races, we do have to say. Bit controversial here and there. If you have any opinions on anything that happened this weekend, head on over to our Twitter or our Discord and let us know what you thought about this weekend's 
racing we'll have some polls up and we'll be chatting on our discord a bit more about it because we'd love to hear people's opinions on that so follow us at the Silent lap absolutely everywhere stay up to date and get involved with the conversation but yeah we will be back next week with another episode and yeah have a good week folks